This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast for your author success with the Author You, your guide to book publishing show. As you listen, you'll get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, and how-tos for your author, publishing, and book marketing success. Today, I have a special guest, a, a, a colleague, a pal, a crony. We've spoken together. Uh, we've done a variety of things to support the author community. Brian Judd, he is an author himself. He's a book marketing consultant, speaker, seminar leader, and president of Premium Book Company. He's also the executive director of the Association of Publishers for Special Sale. Brian himself is the author of Beyond the Bookstore and How to Make Real Money Selling Books Without Worrying About Premium Returns. Brian also has written and published five titles on career transition that are distributed internationally. He has eight e-books with proven tips for publishing success and the contributing editor to several monthly newsletters. Brian was the host of the television show, The Book Authority, that aired for 13 years. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Hi, Judith. Thank you very right. much. Great to talk to you again. I know. It's been too long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been too long. Brian, let's kind of uh, jump into it because I, you know, I love the idea of special sales because oh, to good, me, yeah. special sales mean no returns. That's a special sale. In most sa cases, that's correct. In most yeah. cases. In, in non-retail, that's correct, yes. All right. So let's talk about what is a special sale then for authors? It's a sale to, to non-bookstore buyers. And I mentioned the difference between retail and non-retail. That It could be a non-bookstore retailer, for example, of a supermarket or a gift shop or a discount store or a warehouse club. Those are returnable. The non-retail would be corporations, associations, schools, military. Those are, those are all non-returnable bases. All right. And so how do you – I guess the next question would be, how do we find these things? <laughs> Well, the first thing, uh, what I suggest is, is defining your target reader and using the five W's of the who, what, where, when, and why. So if you find out who they are as far as their uh, demographics, their age, their uh, education, and so forth there. But a, a key to that, once you, def you get a good feel for who the, your, your target reader is, and most people will say my, my target reader is everyone. <laughs> you want to be able to get away from that and be more descriptive and, and find out you know, where do they shop. And people will say, well, I... Uh, my target reader is women. Well, what age women? Are they uh, uh, parents? Are they career women? Are they retired women? They all, they all shop in different places or look for information in different places, have different reasons for, for uh, purchasing the information in the book. So 
once you have that, uh, Judith, that's really the key of where you want to have your book uh, for sale. So if it's a young parent, uh, then you want to have it perhaps in supermarkets and discount stores. If it's a, a more career-type woman, it'd be more, uh, I was going to say airport stores, but <laughs> as things open up, it should be airport stores. Uh, mm. So it's uh, it's it's once you have that definition of your target reader, that's where you need to have your uh, your books available. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, you mentioned the airport stores, which is a whole other topic in its own little yeah, right. right. Um, because a lot of authors don't believe you pay to get into those stores. Oh, wow, that's a, well. Two ways to look at that also: that if you go into airport bookstores, they have the pay to play, where it's mm-hmm. very costly, particularly on a major. Uh, airport store chains. But there, uh, Judith, a lot of other shops on the airport concourses. I mean, before I was doing a lot of traveling, I would, I remember going to the Minneapolis airport. It was like a, a shopping center inside there. Yeah, all sorts it of is. Stores. So if you go to a, just go to the airport website and find out these different uh, gift shops or uh, clothing stores or, or toy stores or, or uh, restaurants, whatever that may, whatever your uh, applies to your content. And there's a lot of opportunities, and those are not paid to play. They still are uh, returnable, but you can have a distributor or a wholesaler take you your books there for you and uh, sell without having to put up the money up front. It's a lot, a lot more profitable that way, certainly. Well, I, you know, I, I love this idea, Brian. Um, and I hadn't thought of that. Usually I'm, I got my creative juices going. I've always, you know, I live in Denver, as you know, and, and we've got the tattered cover that took over the, you know, the, the airport stores, um, here they have little kiosks. Well, actually they have full blown little mini bookstores there, but you go in and it's costly, but the idea of pitching to the lingerie store or to the liquor store, (laughs) You know, I'm yeah. I'm think yeah, I'm thinking of my friend Dom Testa with his mind bender. It's a perfect drinking book. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. We had a book on uh, how to pack a suitcase and sold it to one of the stores on on the concourse that was selling uh, uh, suitcases, leather cases, business uh, cases, briefcases, suitcases. And so when you bought one of their suitcases, you got this free book with it. And that's what they, it was their incentive to get people to purchase their, uh, their, their, whatever case it may be. So, but it was this, that's how the books are used. They're not used for, in most cases, not for resale, but used as a, that premium, that incentive to buy the product. Well, I love that. I actually, I love the idea of the, the of that premium that they were actually giving the book away. So that means they bought the book ahead of time exactly to right. give away. Um, and they're certainly looking for a deep discount, I'm assuming. So would that would that have been a non-returnable premium sale? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's correct. When they're not, uh, if it's for resale, it's returnable. Non-resale, then it's, it's non-returnable. And there, it's a lot of cases, Judith, they'll ask even put, to put, if it's a chain, they may ask to have their logo on the cover or a tip-in page or something that can be mm-hmm. customized, and those obviously are, are not uh, returnable, but there are... If you get a company to do that, then they'll, they'll get the reorders. When they go through those, they'll they reorder, and then you go to your printer and just say, give me another X hundred, X thousand of these books with this logo on the cover. And that's nice to get that uh, those kind of orders coming in. Um, it, it's, it's not only nice, it's great. But, <laughs> but, but here's, the, here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize that. 
that's another marketing ploy, everybody, that you could actually charge extra money to do a new cover with their logo on it or add their CEO a little tip in of a letter from the CEO um, in promo. I mean, I that that would be a home run if you could pull that off. Oh, yeah. It's not that difficult. I said, yeah, it's uh, people think they have to call on a, this chain of, of uh, or a corporation and sell 10,000 books. It's not the case. It just no. if you if you start off with uh, ten books, we had one of our uh, apps members actually sold uh, ten books to a funeral director, a children's book, and that the idea was to have the kids do something while the parents are in uh, with the, uh, the everybody mourning, and they don't want the kids running around, so have them in a separate room with, with with coloring books or with these books to to read. So uh, and that you've got that ten books, and once you have those ten books, now you have a referral. You can see here's what this funeral home did with it, and you can do the same thing. So it's uh, you get that that foot in the door, the, the the baby steps, and and grow from that. So people get you don't have to get intimidated by trying to get a, a thousand book order initially. Just you can work up to it, and that also builds your confidence mm-hmm. as you as you uh, feel more confident when you're doing negotiating with these people, and and uh, you can actually make more money that way too. Obviously. Well, I vote for that totally. Okay, so. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's opportunity. What I'm hearing, Brian, is there's opportunity. There's plenty of opportunity. Exactly right. Opportunity right. and 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 it's non-competitive because everybody else is on the bookshelf, right right next to their competition. If you go out and talk to these people, they're not looking at your competition. They're looking at should I buy your book or, or something else? Actually, you're competing against other things. You're competing against coffee mugs or uh, umbrellas or uh, golf shirts, but and not, mm-hmm. not not other books. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, that you're proposing that these this is what these authors could do yourself. I know, but let's talk about your company. Let's just sure. go ahead and talk about that up front. We've got a okay. couple of minutes before our first break, but tell us about what you do um, with the premium book company that you and your partner Guy head up. Sure, we work uh, through a, a national network of about sixty thousand salespeople who are not book reps. These are promotional products reps. They're selling the, the cameras and watches and coffee mugs and tchotchkes mm-hmm. uh, to these corporate or to non-retail buyers for use as, as these premiums. So they've got relationships with these buyers and they, they understand the business. So what we do is put books in a, uh, a sales program, which is uh, three parts to it. One is a catalog, a printed catalog, a digital catalog, and a search engine that's used by these uh, 60,000 salespeople. And that's only, it's populated only with providers of promotional products. So if they put in a search term of uh, motivation, they would get plaques, and, uh, awards, and our books on motivation would come up. So uh, they, then they go out and contact their uh, non-retail buyers to put these uh, marketing campaigns together. So what we do is just get the books to them for them to sell and people get into our program and we get the, um, we create a quarterly catalog that goes out to these salespeople. So we actually, we do the, the, the selling for people who don't have the time, the skills or the inclination to do the selling. And, and what's the cost of that? Uh, there's a one-time fee of, depending on the size listing, Judith, the, the basic listing is about the size of a business card and that's $250. That's a one-time fee uh, to be in the search engine a digital catalog, a printed catalog. Uh, there's the quarter page is at 500, half page is 800, the full page 1400. Those are generally with multiple titles. A publisher could come in with 20 titles and take a full page listing, for example. 
Mm-hmm. So and, but, it's, uh, mm-hmm. which, 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 in many cases, they'll do that. The publishers will take the larger sizes. We've had single titles on a full page. That, that's a really an attention getter. When the sales rep opens up the catalog and sees that full page with one book cover on it. If but if so it's we, the we, right you know, fit, if it's the yeah, right exactly. fit, it it yeah. it will. And what did you say the full page was? Like a thousand? Uh, fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred. Okay. Uh, unless the EPS, EPS members get a discount, a ten percent discount. But it's set up. We have to we have to pay to get the books up in the search engines, and we have to pay to do the catalog. So we make our money off the sale of the book, not off the upfront fee. So Got it. We're very we're very active in making sure that that occurs. Terrific. All right. We're going to take a quick break. With me is Brian Judd. We're talking about special sales, premium sales. How do you get your book out there connected um, and a different type of experience? We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms and it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. Are you ready to make more money? I think that's a great idea when it comes to book sales. With me is Brian Judd. He is an author himself. He's a book marketing consultant. Um, and one of my favorite books, Brian, knew, I, I still have your book, even though it's old now, but I always have loved it, Brian, is the Beyond the Bookstore. Because I, I really do believe that um, most authors in dealing with bookstores it's their ego they're dealing with first. Good point. Versus, really versus really understanding the dollars and cents and cents. We're going to do the C E N T S and the S E N S E of <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah of, pub, of publishing. It's really important to understand that. 
um, that there are just different ways. And you know that 95% of my book sales have not been in a bookstore. They have been outside, including some of the premium promotional world where I've had, you know, someone buy 25,000 copies of one of my books. That was exciting. Well, I'm sure it was. But I think you also have, as far as I know, the record of selling back of the room. Didn't you sell 15,000 books or something after one event? I did, 16,000. Yeah. Five hours, six, 16,000 and something books. That's, that's, as far as I know, that's, that's a world's record. <laughs> and, and I did it because I showed up, people. I showed up. <laughs> and that's you're that's, yeah. you're talking about making the difference. All right, so let's you know um, what are some of the tips for selling into these retail segments that we haven't covered that that I mean you've been doing this how many years, Brian? Uh, I've been saying how long it's been, but over twenty five years. Okay, with my, book, with my books and and then having the business it hasn't been that long, but well that's why I learned how to do it by selling my own books. Mm-hmm. And then I built the business up uh, over the years, but it's been at least 25 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I start counting back, it will probably be more. Mm-hmm. And and you know, let me uh, let's get into the tips. But I'm also sure. curious, what is the the payment schedule for this kind of stuff? So let's say that you know the travels. Let's go back to your example in the last segment of the the travel shop at the airport. Sure. How, how, when does the author expect to get paid? That, that's a great point because that, the retail segment is much like selling through a bookstore where you have to have distribution. Well, I said, if they're, if they're uh, selling off the shelf, you have to have a distribution. If they're setting up this uh, promotional campaign, then you can sell directly to them. And if you're going through a, a wholesaler, for example, it's a typical 55% uh, that you, you said the uh, author publisher is making 45%. But on the other side, it's it's really a it's a totally opposite way to look at pricing, Judith. That you're not looking at the discount off the list price; it's cost plus. So here's the cost mm-hmm. of my book, and how many are they going to buy? And so you have a discount schedule, a schedule of the of the pricing based upon the quantity. So if they buy a hundred books, they may they may get uh, cost plus a couple of dollars, or or it. Uh, a lot of other issues come into play, but if they buy 10,000 books, mm-hmm. you might say a cost uh, plus a quarter. So I ask people, you know, would you would you take a, a quarter uh, profit for each book sold? And most people say no. But get back to that ego problem you mentioned before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I say, what if, what if, if people buy 20,000 books? Then would you take a quarter? <laughs> and well, they say yeah. So they have to look at it differently. You look at pricing totally differently. It's it's a cost plus basis. So it's really important to know your uh, your printing costs at a variety of different quantities. In most cases, you're, they'll pay the shipping costs too, and in the non-retail, almost exclusively, they pay shipping charges. So you can it gives you even more room to negotiate. Mm-hmm. So if you have, let's say, I always like to look use single digits and zeros because the multiplying is easier. So let's yes, let's, right. let's, I agree. let's let's say we're book our book's twenty bucks. Let's just right. say it's twenty bucks. And so the cost, this is where everyone needs to know what your break-even people are. Um, so your cost is, you're going to talk the printing cost. Are we going to involve any of the uh, initial, the layout or any of that? If they have to put a new cover on, there's a layout cost. Exactly. So, right. Yeah, you add that on to a deal. 
or tip in page or something. If it, if it, if it uh, requires any type of customization, you add that onto it. That becomes part of your base cost. Mm-hmm. Then you just find out what the uh, how much you based upon the quantity. How much are you going to uh, add for profit? It could be something like you might get an order for a hundred books, and you don't want to get carried away by adding a lot of profit if there's an opportunity for five thousand, ten thousand books down the road. So you, that comes to play in your pricing also. So you want to be able to uh, look at it on the long-term basis where you're not uh, cutting off your nose, so to speak, where you're willing to take a little bit of a, of a hit if there's that opportunity. But if it's just a one-time shot, then you could add uh, – uh, well, as I mentioned before, you're competing with coffee mugs or, or umbrellas. So you want to get a feel for what that costs. So you don't want to go too high above that either. So if your cost is $2, and then you can add another dollar and a half and still be uh, competitive with a coffee mug, a, a customized coffee mug. A customized, a, a good yeah. coffee, yeah. Yeah. Because um, so, I'm trying to think, you know, I do pen, you know, I buy pens for premium, and I do all that kind of stuff. And, oh, sure, yeah. you know, so we're dealing with, a, you know, a dollar and a half. But, but, you know, to do a book, they're not going to be able to do a book for a dollar and a half. Uh, it, it, I always say it depends. If you have a uh, 10,000, 20,000 book order. Well, and that's a different small, issue. Yeah, yeah, that's a different issue. Yeah. And it, you know, depending on if it's a black and white interior. and it's uh, Yeah, as I say, that's a different issue. But that all comes to play. That's where you need to know your printing costs. So when you're go- excuse me, negotiating with someone, you can have that, that answer for them right away. They'll say, well, here's a uh, 10,000, I'll buy 10,000 books if I can have them delivered with my logo on the cover in six weeks. Here's a check. <laughs> so it's uh, you need to be able to know. Can you make do that profitably before you accept the check and accept the order? Mm-hmm. So, actually, I've got on, on sales calls working for my clients, and I've actually asked a printer to be on on hand. And when I'm, I have actually called the printer from the office of a of a prospective buyer. So here's my, you know, the, the printer knew all this in advance, all my specs of the book. What's mm-hmm. the, the printing cost of this quantity? And boom, I got it. Was able to close the order right there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, if if you have that information, but it's all it, but the, the point that we made before, which is it's retail, it's uh, percentage off list price. Where on non non retail, it's uh, cost plus. And if you look at pricing that way, it can really be lucrative over the the long term, and and particularly on larger orders. Right, and a lot of you can't say, well, you know, I've sold fifty thousand copies of my book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had an order it, for fifty-two thousand copies about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a book, for a book. Yeah, yeah, for a book. It was a, a pharmaceutical company wanted to. Uh, they worked. They did uh, chemotherapy, radiation products for cancer, and they had a book about. Uh, the book was about how to eat healthily, uh, healthy mm-hmm. food through uh, chemotherapy. So they bought these books, put the logo on it. And they gave them to the, the physicians using their products, and right. the, the physicians gave them to the patients. So they were creating that relationship with the doctors is what they wanted to do, obviously, and and because the doctors got them free, and they just uh, gave them to help their their patients, and they, so the patients, the doctors got the goodwill, and the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company got the the loyalty of that that doctor using the products, which was oh, very I love, effective. I love that idea. Well, that's a great example of bringing a typical nonfiction, health-related book in knowing exactly who the market is and pharma would be a market for this. And God knows pharma's had a lot of negative hits lately. Exactly right. yep. um, 
that this would be this uh, a smart thing to do, a really smart thing. Of it, it, I don't who feels good under chemo, nobody. But anyway, <laughs> but but it helps it it helps the person who has to go through the process. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it, it just creates positive word of mouth for the doctor. And for the, yeah. from the doctor to the company, so it worked out. But you mentioned something before about nonfiction. You can do this with fiction too, not quite as easily. We had uh, a book about a, uh, a Revolutionary War book about a cannon train taking cannons from Boston to Fort Ticonderoga, where Washington was. And this, what we did went to in Fort Ticonderoga went to. Uh, the hotels and B&Bs, and they, they bought them, just put them in the rooms, and if people liked it, they, they kept the book and just added it to their bill. We went to uh, supermarkets there. Went to There are these companies that do reenactments of, of battles, and they bought the books and used them as fundraisers. And so it's, it went to the uh, uh, catalogs that were selling these reenactment products, and they would use them, you, know, you buy this amount of, uh, spend this amount of money, you get a free book along with it about this uh, this cannon train book. So it was, uh, it it does work with fiction. It's uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to take a little bit greater leap to be uh, to come up with the connection, but you can do that with the, the that was a combination of retail and non-retail. In the supermarkets, it was retail, and in the uh, well, the hotels bought it. They had their logo on it, and they uh, so that was a, a premium sale. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it was. It's something that you can do. It, it can work with fiction, too. No, I love that idea. I think it's just a great idea, too. Well, so children's, children's books, too. We have examples of that. It's just a, it, it's uh, hard to find something that is, uh, I should say, we've had, well, actually, we've had success with poetry. And that's, uh, that's <laughs> if you can sell poetry to corporate buyers, you can probably sell anything. Well, you know, poetry can be really hot. Yeah. Um, and 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 going on, and I'm seeing a huge growth in children's poetry related. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, that's that's a, a good point. In the last year, that the memoirs and poetry have sold very well because people are spending more time at home, and it's it's relaxing for them to read this article in the the, the the paper just a week or so ago about how poetry is really starting to increase in sales for that reason that people feel more relaxed, uh, they're not as stressed out because they, if they get into some really good poetry. So, yeah, that's a great way to get a company that uh, to buy that and, and to give their products. We worked with a, uh, a company to uh, create a 16-page booklet of, of different uh, exercises, of meals, of, of games that, that families can play together and sold those to a large supermarket chain. And when people bought a bag of groceries, they got a free little booklet in it, they just put it in their grocery bag. Here, when you go home tonight, you can't go out, here's a, a list of games that you can play with your family, or puzzles, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, that's, uh, that, that was something we, we put together within almost, just about a month from uh, when the, the uh, shutdown started until we had this booklet on the, on the um, well, not on the shelf, but sold to a company who actually, they, they paid, the minimum order was 100,000 booklets. And they they bought these and wow. they, uh, they they actually gave them to the supermarkets who were buying their products or, or selling their products. So it was uh, again the, you set up this win 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 situation where everybody uh, gets get benefits from it, whether you get it for free or whether you get the benefit of the the advertising along with it. It it works. I, I you know I love this idea. 
So I, I think everyone should really um, take a, a, a really strong thought that, okay, so how can I get into the premium market? How can I, you know, move into that line? Because I think that there's huge pluses in being able to go down this path that they just don't think about it. Um, and that's where we we really need to go. All right, so we have just a few seconds to our next break, but with me is Brian Judd. Brian is an author himself, so he gets authoring, um, but he's also the ED, the Executive Director of the Association of Publishers for Special Sales, and that's what we're talking about today, special sales. How can you get your book in front of people um, like a lot of them, not not maybe five. Uh, we're talking a lot of them, and how to do the costing. And Brian's talked about negotiating and where you go from there, and how much you do. When we're going to come back, we're going to get into some more ways that you can take advantage, including the armed services. So it will make a huge difference. All right, I'm Judith Bryles. You're listening to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one -on -one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
All right, so let's say you're all jazz. Okay, I'm thinking about doing this. I'd like to get in front of people. Um, and I'm sure that there's some steps that Brian Judd's going to have. But let's also just talk about how long should we plan on taking here? Is there a formula, Brian, that it's going to, is this a week? deal is it a pitch and an instant thing you mentioned that immediately it was done but you i suspect you had to do some things before you got up to make that pitch exactly right and that's that's really an important point because people are used to uh, retail selling that if the book it doesn't sell in 60 or 90 days it's taken off the shelf and, and uh, they put a different product up there but in, our, in the, the premium the non-retail sector it's totally opposite in the sense to put together, it was three years to put together that 52,000 book order. And mm -hmm. you, you Whoa! It takes determination on the part of the salespeople, on the, on the part of the author to understand that it's not just a real quick turnaround. But you go through a, a lot of, uh, of steps to do it. And sometimes you're actually showing the, the company. That most companies don't come to the sales reps and say, I want to put this program together. If the sales rep's going to them, saying, here's something that you can, can do to help you increase your sales, or uh, to HR managers, uh, here's how you can you motivate your, your, your clients, your, your, your employees, and make them more productive and reduce absenteeism. Here are things that you can do for that. We had one company that wanted to reduce its, its health its, uh, care costs and, and, and increase productivity and, and decrease absenteeism. So we had a book on, on walking. And the company had 10,000 employees, so we put together a continuity program where month one, each employee got a book on walking, month two, a pedometer, month three, a journal to keep track of their exercise, month four, a cookbook to, with healthy exercise, uh, healthy recipes in it. So each, each month, the company would send out 10,000 of these, and then they hired the author of the walking book to be a spokesman for them. So, and the, the, so their objective was not to, to sell books. <laughs> their objective was to reduce the absenteeism and increase productivity. And so we had to come up with a program to help them or show them how to do that. So it's the, in most cases, in the first segment we did today, you talked about the importance of creativity. And that's what it is. It's coming up and uh, the, the least important thing in this whole process, Judith, is the book. You're looking at the content, the information in your book, and how that, that can help the customer solve their problem. So we use the content of, the, of these uh, books to help the corporation reduce their health care costs and, and, and make their employees more productive and uh, reduce the absenteeism. So that, that's the objective. You're, you're solving problems. You're not selling books. You're solving the customer's problems with your, uh, with, with your content, your, your product. So it's a totally different way of looking at selling. I, I tell people they'll, they'll sell more books when they stop selling their books. And it kind of catches them by surprise, but that's you're, – you're, as I said before, the least important thing in this whole process is the book itself. It's the how your content can solve the problems, and so that when you know, to get back to your original question, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why it takes so long. The process. Coming up with this. <laughs> yeah. you, you have this. There's yeah. a variety of different ways of doing it. You can uh, combine a, a a plaque with a for motivating uh, people with uh, with uh, a book on, on motivation. So these, uh, depending on their, what their budget is, and it's, uh, it's a totally different way of selling. We worked with one company back uh, in the olden days, about a year ago, <laughs> doing trade shows, but the concept remains the same, that, uh, that 
the the buyer, a corporate buyer, may say to the author, you know, uh, tell me about your book. And the author would say, well, it's, it's six by nine, 250 pages. It's got some four-color photographs. It's, uh, it's got, uh, look at all these reviews and these awards that it has. And the best part about it, it's only fourteen ninety-five. And I'll give you, if you buy 10000 I'll give you 50% off. How many do you want? Well, none. <laughs> but if, if it turns around and the buyer says, you know, tell me about your book. Say, oh, okay, yeah. Just uh, may, may I ask you a question or a couple of questions first? Mm. Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Have you ever used a book as a promotional item before? No, I haven't. What do you use? I use coffee mugs. Uh, what do you use coffee mugs for? Well, we're at trade shows when people come to our exhibit, we give them a coffee mug as a thank you. Well, don't a lot of other companies do that too? But oh yeah, but ours is special. We have our logo on it. And do you you have to store them? Yeah. Then you ship them to the shows? Yeah, we do. Uh, do you ever have any breakage? Oh, yeah, we break the they break in transit, but we just replace those. Oh, how many do you normally buy? Oh, we buy about five thousand at a time. So now, what do you have? You have a lot of information. You, you know their pain points of of storage and shipping and breakage. You know that they're, what they're using it for. You know that uh, coffee mugs cost about say three fifty each. So and they buy five thousand. So you know what their budget is. And now you can start selling. Now you can start communicating. Now you start showing them how they have these e-books, and you can put a one-time use one-time use code on a business card. And people come to your exhibit. You give them a choice of which which of these books would you like, and they go to they use this one-time code, and then they get the uh, uh, the, the book for free. So it's uh, but that you have to turn around your total. Uh, image of of selling of book selling. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh, not looking at just selling through Amazon or bookstores. It's going out and creating that uh, that the the campaign or creating the demand, creating the need, and using your content to sell uh, to to solve problems. Even in, in retail, that you're not you're not selling books. You're, you're uh, helping the the retailers uh, use their uh, make more money. I use the analogy of uh, Arm & Hammer baking soda. <laughs> you think, how is that used for toothpaste, uh, for creating recipes, uh, or for using recipes, for as a deodorizer, you know, putting out fires? Mm-hmm. But how has the product changed? It's the same identical product. It's just used by different people. So your book is used by retailers to uh, increase store traffic and to help them become more profitable. Helps librarians help their patrons. It helps the uh, TV producers put out a better show and, and build their audiences. It helps the corporate buyer uh, sell more books or motivate their employees. But the content is the exact same. So your objective, is, your requirement is to go out and uh, ask those questions to find out how will you use this this information, and then I can tell you how to how it can help you. And that just takes so much time to make that occur or. or We've had times, Judith, where we've we've worked with people for a year or so, and and we go in to make our final presentation, and the, and the the product manager, the brand manager, will say, "Hey, Brian, you'd be really happy about this. I just got promoted, or I just I'm leaving the company. I'm going over to this other oh, company." Oh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, ugh is a good way to put it because you have to smile and say ugh, then you start all over again, and that it just uh, it doesn't happen frequently, but it does happen, and just it could put you back a year or six months or whatever. So. There are so many things that that uh, can happen that that uh, uh, it just it, it makes it fun. It, it's challenging, and it's something that when you you finally get the sale, it's really rewarding. 
to make, to, to make that occur. And that's uh, <laughs> a long answer to your question and why it takes so long. But it, it really, it's uh, rewarding. But it's it's a creative sale. It's, you're not just uh, putting your book on the shelf with the uh, with everything else. Mm. Actually, just uh, one even mm. when I first came out with my my, my first book, it was, this is well before Amazon, and, and uh, it's kind of a, a, a different tangent of what of your question. But what I did, Judith, is a book about how to get a job. So I went to Borders <laughs> back then in Barnes and Noble and looked at the uh, the shelf of job search books and, and all alphabetical by order by author. So where would Judd be? Well, right here. Who's nearby? What size are they? Uh, what, what do they talk about? What don't they talk about? What, what, are, the, what are the pricing of those books? Uh, what, are, what do the covers look like? What colors do they use in their covers? And, uh, most did not use purple, which would get you mad. But they, uh, mm. and that's your favorite color. <laughs> but they have the uh, so the but so what I did all the books were six by nine around where Judd would be. So I came out with an eight and a half by eleven uh, book size, and that was actually um, it. Really made it stand out on the shelf, and just a little kind of a humorous mm-hmm. thing here. After the book was was on the shelf, I uh, there's one copy of of this on there, and this I want to see why people bought my book and not the other. So this one lady picked up uh, my book and started looking at it. And I walked over to her and said, that's my book. She held it to her chest and said, I saw it first. <laughs> and, oh, uh, no, I, oh <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote the book. <laughs> I autographed it for her, so she had to buy it. But uh, that was, you know, that also brings up really another point on this, uh, different tangent off that question. But the, the the form doesn't matter. Just just like the the book itself, it doesn't matter. The form is is not uh, the, the critical thing. I had my my book was Job Search 101, and I try to sell it to the, uh, the I live in Connecticut and the the state uh, government there, the Department of Labor. So I took it there, and they said uh, I talked to the the, uh, the buyers there and there, and the uh, they said we love your book. We're not going to buy it. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, we, we put on a lot of workshops, and a, a book like that doesn't lay flat. It's hard for the, the people to, to make notes in and to write it. So I took it to Staples, cut off the binding, put in a wire binding, and took it back to them. I said, now what? Do you like it now? I said, we love it. We'll take it. They put a standing order for 8,000 books a quarter. And I said, I never changed the word, Judith. I didn't change anything on the cover. I just changed the, the, the binding. And uh, I said, who's doing the workshops? So it was, they, we have a variety of people. I said, why don't you have the author do the workshops? So they hired me to do the workshops, and they used my book as the, the textbook <laughs> for, the, for the workshops. Perfect. And I obviously took that to other states, too. And you get that standing order, and you get twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 books a quarter that you're printing. You can, you can really get a good price on something like that. But oh, the absolutely. point is that the, yeah. the form doesn't matter. They, they weren't buying a... Uh, eight and a half by eleven, perfect bound book. They wanted the information in in the form in which they wanted it. So you're again going back to the the idea that you're not selling books, you're solving problems. And I helped them solve a major problem. And in the process, made a lot of money, and also uh, took it. Well, once I had the, the the format in place, I took it to other states and did the same thing. So well, it was that- really a that's the secret. And yeah. and both Brian and I want you to make a lot of money. All right, we're going to take our final break here. And then we'll come back with some of these really true steps, step by step. And we'll get into it. 
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, our final segment, we have a boatload we need to get into here. We do want to go through the steps and, and just kind of this process. And then we want to add on a little goodies. That um, So how do you pitch to academia? What about the military? A lot of people, Brian, don't realize the military is a book buyer. Oh, yeah, very much so. And for a variety of products, not just military <laughs> history, but uh, children's books and, and, and fiction uh, unfortunately, books about uh, abuse or how to deal with the death of, of a of a spouse or, or a sibling. So, but these these books are are much in demand, uh, particularly the, the the fiction and the the children's books mm-hmm. for the uh, service personnel and their families. They, the the military wants to keep the family happy, so the service person reenlists. I sold a lot of my job search books to the military, Judith. That the mm. people, the spouse was moving around the the country every. Uh, every two years, wherever that the service person was transferred, and it was uh, so I started selling the books to the military for that reason, that uh, it helped the the spouse to, to find a new job whenever they they, they moved. You know, one interesting thing also, I got a 
uh, a call from a prison librarian wanted to buy my uh, job search book. And I said, uh, Wow. <laughs> I said, Well, every uh, when prisoners uh, are ready to, to be released, we, we want to train them how to get a job. I never would have thought of that. And I sold 1,500 books to, to prison libraries within maybe two weeks or so, a very short period of time. Sold another 1,500 books. But I never would have thought of that. And, uh, but it's just that that's where that creativity comes in again. That, <laughs> and that, that's actually when I, I got that from with the, the prisons. I thought, who else was in that same situation? Well, it's the people in the military that they're in for X number yeah. of years and they're out. So that's why I started selling it to the military and sold yep. another uh, X thousand books there. Yep. So, now, uh, for the military, Brian, is that going to be books they sell in the commissary? Is this online, a combination? Where? It's, it's a combination. You go to the exchanges, the uh, AAFES, Army Air Force Exchange Service, uh, they, .com. They, uh, that's the largest of all the exchanges. Each of the branches has their own exchange, but AAFES is the largest. And they, you know, they have a bookstore on their website. And they sell fiction, children's books, uh, nonfiction books, uh, so job search books. So it's something that it's it's a good opportunity for almost any genre of, of, of books. And it's uh, it's it's they if it's applicable to anyone in the family, they they could list it on their website. Uh, that's why the the cover is so important uh, to because mm-hmm. these these are all well, uh, online bookstores where they the covers is all that people see. Do they, yeah, curious, though, so do they have, like, on the AAFES, I hope I said that right. Yes, right, Army uh, Air Force Exchange Service, yeah. Army Air Force, Ex- so there's an E in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, Army Air Force Exchange Service, got it. Um, do they have um, submission guidelines? They do. They actually work with uh, wholesalers that... Uh, and when you go on their website, they have a list of the wholesalers with which they work. So it's a prospect list for you. Contact these people, and uh, they would decide if you if they're going to take the book on or not. But the uh, it is in retail. It's a retail site, so you're thinking that anything retail, you're working through a wholesaler if it's for resale. Well, I love that idea. Well, let, let me let me jump back to because we need to get yeah. into the steps and then we can do a sandwich thing. We'll talk about academia. Okay. I mean, the academia, I mean, I've seen it take so long to get books into the the school systems and things. So maybe you have some tricks here. But um, <laughs> you're, he's laughing. I can hear him laughing, everybody. Um, so <laughs> let's get into this these steps. So the steps in making a large non-returnable sale a la Brian Judd would start with what? Okay. Uh, defining your buyer, going through those five W's and uh, finding out where those people shop particularly. And then uh, if you were looking for corporate buyers, there's a website of Manta, M-A-N-T-A dot com, for example. And that lists almost every business. And, and it's a, you can sort it geographically or by industry. And it, it's a prospect list. It just it, it gives you the names of people to contact, phone numbers, email addresses, websites, and then you then you prioritize those in, in, in the order in which you'll contact them. Then uh, in, the, in the retail, if you, if you divide retail and non-retail. So in retail, you have to start. Uh, you find your distributors and wholesalers that would reach these supermarkets and discount stores. Uh, uh, 
ReaderLink is a, is a big one, and Cymac sales are probably the two biggest that will get you into almost any kind of supermarket, discount store, warehouse club for that. So then in the non-retail side, you're looking at, you do the, uh, the prospecting. So you, you find your target reader, do the prospecting of coming up with the names of people to contact, and then qualify and prioritize those. And then you start making appointments. And you, you, whether it's for the distributors, you do that, or with the uh, business buyers or associations, you make the appointments and you go talk with them. And you're, the first appointment is just generating uh, information. You're asking those questions. You're not selling your book. You're just asking those questions. And then you come back with your, uh, with your presentation. So once you, you do a proposal and then you do your presentation of that proposal to the prospective buyer. And that's uh, maybe step three or four, but that that is maybe recurring. If you get the, and this is all for large quantity sales, too. To right. on the first yeah. call, you may be able to sell a case of books, but we're talking about you're looking for five, ten thousand or more books. So then you do your 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 presentation, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then you uh, have a trial close. Yeah, and there are a lot of uh, different points of making good presentations that we can go through if, you, if, if there's time. But if the, you make the presentation and then you go for a trial close, which is a- asking for the order. And then you would, um, most cases, they'll, they'll have some questions for you and, or they, they'll try to get a better price. And so you get into a negotiation where here you're, you're uh, what I call it, before you go into a negotiation, come up with the five major points which you want to get. You might have a high price. You want to get a, a long delivery time. You want to, no customization, no returns. These are the points you want. And which are you willing to negotiate away? And which are you not willing to negotiate away? So you have that information when you go into the negotiation. And then you um, uh, hopefully get the order. It's back and forth and, and it's uh, you get the order and then people think that's the end of the sale where it's not it's something that once the order is placed you've got to to track it you've got to make sure that the customization is done properly you've got to make sure that you get what I, what I do is at the end of that negotiation I send a say a summary letter to the buyer and that has here is what you have said you would do you would send your logo by this date and you send me the list of uh, shipping points by this date, and I will I will get the uh, proof back to you for the cover design on this date. So you have all this, like a timeline set up, which keeps everything on track, and you've got to be able to do that to keep it on track. And then you're building relationships with this buyer, too. You're working on additional orders, re- recurring business. You get that blanket order, like I did with the, the, uh, the state government of the 8,000 books a quarter. And then you... Um, you try to get referrals to, from other people, <clears throat> other companies, other other uh, other, comp- other uh, divisions in the company. If it's a large organization, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. So it's uh, the, the, the steps are just the, the prospecting, the definition, the prospecting, the the the, uh, the appointment, information gathering, the, creating the proposal, presenting it, negotiating it, and follow up, and. That's another goes back to your initial questions. Why does it take so long? And it does. It just it. Uh, it does. 
depending on that 50,000 book order for three years, and it took several different uh, uh, iterations of, of the whole campaign and getting different approvals and getting budgeting and coordinating with uh, their with their warehousing people and with their sales force and it's just it just takes time to put something like that together. Well, and also here's the plus I'm hearing is that the copyright date is not real relevant. It's oh, solving the problem or you know a, a, a tying into their market. For example, the nutritional book um, dealing with the oncology drug that you gave earlier, that it's it's not about the copyright. It's not the brand new book. It's your book, your words have a message for their audience. And that's what they're after. Is that, did I hear that right? Oh, that's such a critical point. Good point. Yeah. But particularly on the non-retail side. On the retail side, the copyright mm-hmm. date is a little bit more important, but non-retail, that uh, oncology book was at least three years uh, past the copyright date. But they're looking for the, the applicability of the content to their needs. Mm-hmm. So that that's really important because uh, it's you want to make find out what their problem is and apply your content to solving that. And that's uh, the copyright date is is not as well. It depends if it's something that's if it's ten year old copyright, then it's, mm-hmm. it may be a problem. But if they like the the, the basic core of your content, you can update it. So absolutely turn that, into, turn that into a work for hire. Absolutely, and that you can do, like, do a lot with that. Brian, I have one minute left. So what can we do? What kind of bone can we throw out for everybody to, to jump in um, to, 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 to will help them here? Just to take the leap. Just don't worry about uh, not doing well. Just when you get, What I do is have those prospects, A, B, and C, the uh, potential buyers. I put them in three levels, A, B, and C. A are my top prospects, B are those which will be really good, and C are very, not too likely to, to buy. And I start with those. I, so, so make my mistakes and then find out what kind of questions they ask and, and how this, this could be used. And mm-hmm. so when I get to my A prospects, I'm, I feel real comfortable about how to, to make that happen. So I think and that's that. what you want. Yeah. And also, I'm going to say this to everyone because we need to do a wrap here. I'm going to say this to everyone, that when people carry you along those maybes can kill you you'd rather have a no so you can get back and move someone to the top brian judd thank you so much for being with us today my pleasure thank you judith all right thank you all for spending an hour with us your authoring and published success is up to you and always remember your words do matter Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.